Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. 1 Kings chapter 8. Who brought their Bibles to Sunday night church? Sunday night. You know you're a Pentecostal when you're coming out to church on a Sunday night. <laughs> all right, all right. Settle down. First Kings chapter 8. I preached from this passage last week at our dedication Sunday service. But I'm just going to read it again because I think it's powerful. It says in First Kings chapter 8, this is when the temple, the very first temple that David wanted to build but Solomon ended up building, the first temple is finished and it's dedicated and then it's filled with the presence of God. And if you just think about that progression for a moment when it comes to your life, dedicated, sorry, finished, then dedicated, and then filled with the Spirit. It's powerful parallel for what we have. So let me read it to you. It's in verse 26. Now, therefore, this is Solomon's prayer. O God of Israel, let your word be confirmed, which you have spoken to your servant, David, my father. Let me just stop right there. You ever feel like you get a word from God? You ever feel like maybe someone speaks a word to you? Look at what it says right there. O God of Israel, let your word be confirmed. Confirmed, which you've spoken to your servant David. Never be afraid to go to God and confirm the word you think he's given you. Okay? But I'm going to go on. That was for free. Let me go on. Verse 27. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. I love that Solomon, he just puts everything in perspective. Says the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built. Yet have regard to the prayer of your servant and to his plea, O Lord my God, listening to the cry and to the prayer that your servant prays before you this day. That your eyes may be open night and day toward this house. This was our prayer last week. This was our verse last week. That the place which you have said, my name shall be there that you may listen to the prayer that your servant offers toward this place. And it goes on and he says, and listen to the, pl- the plea of your servant, your people Israel, when they pray toward this place. What a powerful scripture. And it talks to the splendor and the majesty of this temple. And if you read the scriptures, it just the, the, the time and the, the, the amount of money and the, the amount of quality and the, the spirit of excellence that was applied to this beautiful house of God. And it's just incredible how Solomon just brings it right back to this place and just says, Lord, this is your house. And we just pray right now that you would hear our cries here and that your name would be here. So let's pray. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for your house. Lord, we thank you that your house now is your people. Lord, you dwell with your people, Father. And we just thank you that you are building your church, Lord. Like Jesus said, and the gates of hell hell shall not prevail against. So God, we thank you for that truth, Lord. And we just pray right now, Father that your word would continue just to speak and breathe life to people, Lord. Thank you that your word, Father, is your breath on the pages in front of us. So, God, we thank you for that, Lord, and we just pray that you would continue to just build your church, build into us, Lord, and help us to move forward in Jesus' name. And a faith-filled church said together, amen. Dedicated walls and dedicated lives. That's what I called the title of last week's message. Not sure I even said that last week, but that was the title. Dedicated walls and dedicated lives, and tonight is part two. Dedicated walls and dedicated lives, part two. 
Last week, we dedicated a building to the Lord. The walls, the property, the acreage, the, the, the perimeter, the, the space, the field. And it was wonderful. We dedicated it to the Lord. And I think it's powerful that we did that. Before even going in and, and occupying that space, we stopped and we dedicated it to the Lord. To the, it's going to be the space where God's going to show up. It's where he's going to be among his people. And I think it's important in life when you're going to set something apart from God, you really dedicate it to him. And you say, this is for you, Lord. This is, my life is for you. And, but when you dedicate something, it is special. Listen to what you do when you dedicate. You assign purpose to it. You declare its use. You set it apart for its intended use. You set it apart. Listen to some of the words that describe what to dedicate means. Listen to these words, to a lot. To give, to offer, to appropriate, to assign, to devote, to commit. Now listen to these words again. Listen to these sentences I wrote out. And I would just love it if you could just insert yourself into these sentences when it comes to the dedication of your life. Listen to this. To dedicate means to set apart and consecrate to a sacred purpose. To devote wholly and earnestly as to some person or purpose. Listen to this one when it comes to dedicating. To offer formally to a person and a cause. To offer formally to a person, that to me sounds like Jesus, and to a cause, and that sounds like the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, it's important to understand that what we we did last week was not just dedicate bricks and mortars, but we dedicated our lives. We decided that we would dedicate our lives. And I love it because... I never want us as a church to get caught up in buildings, and buildings are always going to be part of our story. But buildings are just there, meant, uh, is there to house what God is doing. Ultimately, what we're doing is we're dedicating our lives to God. We're dedicating our walks to God. We're dedicating the calling that He's put in our life. We're recentering it on Him. See, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I'm not gonna pretend for a moment that there aren't days that I wake up and I'm just like, oh man, this is you know a, a busy season or a busy a busy time or. There aren't days when I'm not tired, but can I just encourage you? There's always power in stopping for a moment and just dedicating your life again to God. I'm not talking about getting re-saved. You only have to do that one time. But I think there's so much power in just realigning your life and saying, I'm dedicating my life to you. Waking up in the morning, maybe in your quiet time and saying, you know what, Lord? I dedicate my life again to you today. Wake up in the morning and say, you know what? I might not feel exactly like I'm all there right now and I'm feeling all spiritual, but you know what? I dedicate what I have to you today, Lord. I dedicate this career I have to you. I dedicate this walk that I have for you. My endeavors, my life. And I want to draw on this parallel because, yeah, we dedicated a building, but I don't want to make it all about the building. I want to make it about our lives. I want to make it about the church. I want to make it the church is a body of believers, and if we can all individually... Take on this message and say, you know what? I'm dedicating my life to the Lord. It's so much more than just a building, amen? It's all about our lives. So drawing on the parallel, I want to speak to that tonight. See, it's far more important what God is doing in someone's life. What's also important is to recognize the dedication of your life personally. Never want people to show up to to church and just think, oh, this is just some corporate broadcast that's happening and I just get to sort of hear it. 
and it just washes over me, but there's no personal participation. Can I just encourage you? Christianity is not meant to be like that. It's not meant to be something that you just kind of tick a box and move on. There's sort of, you know, these people over there that do that, and they're the real spiritual ones, and, you know, hopefully they'll speak to us one day. No, you can participate in it personally. You can dedicate your own life. So when it comes to your life, a dedicated life, I've got four points for us tonight. I've got one extra. I normally do three. But tonight, I'm just going to let it loose. Just going to let it go tonight. So a dedicated life is this, point number one, dedicated for God to dwell. If you think about your life, if it's a life that's dedicated to the Lord, what is it? It's dedicated for God to be able to dwell in it. So you think about the parallel of the temple. What do we have now because of Jesus? We have God who wants to reside in us. We have God who wants to literally take up residence through the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Solomon even calls it for what it is back then. This is before Jesus. Listen to what he says in verse 27. He said, but will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built. And when you understand, you study just the magnitude, the the splendor of the temple. And what he actually says here. We live in the New Testament, New Covenant conditions where Jesus has come. Jesus has died. Jesus has been buried. Jesus has risen. And the Holy Spirit has come. And what's amazing to me, and it doesn't, it's just incredible that we can live our lives dedicated to the Lord and He actually dwells in us. He actually dwells in you. He dwells in your life when your life is dedicated to Him. Listen to what it says in the message translation. This is the way Eugene Peterson puts it. I love it. He says, can it be that God will actually move into our neighborhood? Why, the cosmos itself isn't large enough to give you breathing room, let alone this temple that I've built. Here's the truth tonight, friend. Your life is meant to be a place dedicated for God to dwell. It's a life that's supposed to be dedicated as a dwelling place for God to take up residence, for God to to dwell, for God to exist, for God to, to operate within us. Because we know God's everywhere, God's all-knowing, and God's all-powerful. We know all that, but here's the best bit, is the Holy Spirit can dwell in you. The Holy Spirit can dwell in me as we dedicate our lives to Him. Something changes when we understand that. Something changes on the inside of us when we realize that. Something changes on the inside of us. I believe it begins to work its way out begins to work its way out into all the different parts and areas of our lives. I still remember just being a a 19-year-old kid. Basically, my story is that I was at a point in my life where really I just kind of was on my own. I had been through a tragic family situation. I really didn't have people at the age of 18, 19 telling me what I needed to do and trying to encourage me to do this. I sort of was just on my own. And if I can be completely honest tonight, it was terrible. It was a Terrible place in in my life to live. It was an awful season because I felt loneliness. But at that age, basically, I was at this point where I'd go out at night and I'd connect with people. I was in this sort of exploration phase of my life. And that's why I thought it was so cool. We prayed over these young adults here that are uh, graduating college and, you know, dedicating their lives to the Lord, to the future, placing their plans in, in alignment with what God wants. I think it's powerful. But at that age, I didn't know God. I was starting to to go out and 
go to nightclubs and bars in downtown Sydney and connect with people and meet people. I was in this exploration type season. And I guess without God, it probably would have been exciting. I I think it was exciting. But at the age of 19, I found myself in church for the first time and I was radically saved. Radically saved. Changed from the inside out. I don't even know what it meant at the time. I just said yes to Jesus and then began to walk it out. But what was amazing was seasons later, months later, I'd find myself again from some of those people that I used to hang out with and go out with and, you know, want Facebook then or not. I'd still get messages and phone calls and I don't even know if we had Facebook then or not. But they'd ask me, hey, you want to come out? You want to go do this? You want to go check out this new thing that's opened up? You want to come to this thing? And I just remember thinking, man, I just don't desire to do that anymore. I just don't want to go anymore. I don't know what it is, but I would just prefer to find myself in God's house, to find myself around the the things of God, to find myself in this new place because I was saved. And here's the point, is God had begun to dwell on the inside of me. Something had changed in my life. Things were different for me. It wasn't like it used to be. God now dwelled inside of me. My life was dedicated to Him. Things had changed. Something had changed. I had a different desire for my life. I didn't want to go do those things. What was used to be exciting and something that I was attracted to, all of a sudden, the the desires and the attraction just weren't there because my life was dedicated to God now. Things had changed for me. And it wasn't a guilt thing. It wasn't like, oh man, I have to go to church. There was a joy that from the change on the inside that made me feel like, man, I get to do this. I get to go to church. I get to be a part of what God is doing. I get to have the Holy Spirit dwell in me. My life was dedicated to God for Him to now reside in me. And I I just want to throw this in there too. I don't necessarily think I knew what was happening. I don't think I knew what was going on. I really don't think I did. I think I just was like, I don't understand this. I can't necessarily put words to it, but this is what I'm going to do with my life. And God took care of the rest. He dwells in us. That's the thing about dedicating your life to the Lord, friend, is ultimately your life becomes dedicated for God to dwell in it. Remember, to dedicate means to set apart and assign a purpose to it. Our lives set apart for the purpose of God to dwell in us. Let me show you a few scriptures. 2 Timothy. Chapter 1 and verse 14 speaks about this idea that God now dwells in us. It says, God, through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, the treasure which has been entrusted to you. And listen to it in Romans chapter 8 and verse 9 in the message. It says, but if God himself has taken up residence in your life, you can hardly be thinking more of yourself than of him. Anyone, of course, who has not welcomed this invisibly but clearly present God, the Spirit of Christ, won't know what we're talking about. See, I think some of my friends that at that time in my life, they didn't know what I was talking about because they hadn't, hadn't experienced what I'd experienced. But he goes on and he says, but for you who welcome him in whom he dwells, there it is again, even though you still experience all the limitations of sin, you yourself experience life on God's terms. It stands to reason, doesn't it? That if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead, moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, I'm just going to keep reading it because it's so good. And, he, and as he does, and as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as alive 
as Christ. In other words, a life that's dedicated to God is better than any other life you could live. A dedicated to God life is a life where God and his spirit dwells in you. I believe it changes everything. And I believe that religion will try to tell you you need to understand it, that you try to get it all right, that you need to fix everything, that for some reason now because of this tendency, the human nature towards religion, we try to put conditions on our Christianity. We try to put conditions on the gospel. We've got to keep the gospel free and clear. We've got to understand it's not about coming to the cross with everything right. It's just about coming to the cross. So point number one, a dedicated life is a life where God can dwell. Point number two, a dedicated life is dedicated for God to bless. It's dedicated. Your life, when it's dedicated to the Lord, is there to be blessed by God in supernatural ways. You carry the blessing of God. You're now a blessing carrier. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're a blessing carrier. Turn to the other person and say, why don't you bless me right now with some money? You can't have fun in church. All right, back to the text. First Kings chapter 8, look at what it says in verse 29. It says that your eyes may be open night and day toward this house, the place of which you have said, my name shall be there. See, it says that in chapter 8, but just turn one chapter ahead. Look ahead in chapter 9. God answers Solomon's prayer. God answers his plea. And he says this in chapter 9 and verse 3. And the Lord said to him, I have heard your prayer and your plea, which you have made before me. Look at it. I have consecrated this house that you have built by putting my name there forever. And I love these words. My eyes and my heart will be there for all time. My name is there. My eyes are there. My heart will be there for all time. See, the thing about your life when it's dedicated to God, it's going to be something that he blesses. It's going to be something that he wants to put his stamp on. It's going to be something that he wants to channel blessing towards. Why? Because God wants to ultimately ensure that people know that they're loved, but God always gets the glory. God always gets the glory for a life that's dedicated to him. I love it. His eyes, his heart, and the name above all names for us is Jesus. His name is always there. His name is always lifted high. You know, our lives are meant to be a billboard of, a signpost to, and an outpost for the blessing of God. Let me say it again. Your life, my life, we're supposed to be dedicated to God. We're supposed to be a billboard of, a signpost to, and an outpost for the blessing of God. A billboard, a signpost, and an outpost. The type of life where people look to it and just think, man, I just see the blessing of God. I just see the blessing of God all over him. I just see the blessing of God in the endeavors, in, uh, in everything. When your life is dedicated to the Lord, it produces blessing. But here's the point. It's meant to go beyond you. You ever heard that saying we throw around in church, blessed to be a blessing? That's not blessing for myself. Yeah, I get blessed in the process. That's how good our God is. He works it out so we get blessed. But ultimately, my life and the blessing that God wants to pour onto my life and through my life is ultimately to be a blessing for someone else. God's been doing this for a long time. You go all the way back to Genesis 12. This is where we get it from. In verse 2, 
This is God speaking to Abram. He says, I will make you a great nation. Look at it. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Dedicated lives are blessed lives. Dedicated to the Lord, your life will be blessed. But the point is, it's not just for you. It's for everyone around you. Or another way to put it, it's a way for God to show off his favor. It's a way for God to show off his blessing and his goodness and his faithfulness. You know, I just love that about God. It's so, it's never one dimensional. You get the blessing of God attached to your life, but there's always someone else that's going to get impacted by it. There's always someone else who's going to get caught up in the exhaust of your life and the blessing that God has lavished on you and the favor and the grace that you operate in. There's always someone that notices. There's always someone that's blessed by it. There's always someone that's impacted by it. I just think about the stories in our church. I hear them all the time. People coming into contact with people in our church and being changed, being blessed, seeing God in a whole new way. It's powerful and it's wonderful. God wants to show off his favor through your dedicated life to Jesus. So number one, dedicated for God to be able to dwell. Number two, dedicated for God to be able to bless. Number three, dedicated for a relationship. With him. Your life is, when it's dedicated to God, it's dedicated to have communion with him, to be able to talk to God, to be able to commune with him, to talk with him. That's what prayer is. When your life's dedicated to God, you have access to the Father. You have the ability to pray. You have the the ability to communicate with your heavenly Father. I love the idea of prayer and I love that it's this dynamic relationship. There's nothing about prayer that should be static. Can I just encourage you? I don't know what your prayer life looks like, but it should not be static. What does that mean? Just stationary, the same thing over, boring, you know, it's got cobwebs all over it. It should be dynamic. I used to have this perception, and I guess it was from my upbringing, you know, the school I went to and the environment, you know, when it came to religion. But I had this idea of prayer that had to be so formal. Like I was sitting at a board table, boardroom table and addressing, you know, the principal of the school. But can I just encourage you? You're talking to your heavenly father. It's dynamic. You're talking about what's happening today. You're talking about what's going on in your life. You're asking God, hey, come into my world. Help me with this, the little things, the big things, the, the, the stuff that's really challenging you. But your life is dedicated for this now. Your life is dedicated for you to be able to talk to God. I don't know about you, but that's just amazing. And I love that our our church, this building we dedicate, it's going to be a house of prayer. It's going to be a place where we commune with God. It's going to be a place where we get around the things of God and we talk to God and we pray. 1 Kings chapter 9 says, My eyes and my heart will be there for all time. What does that mean for us today? It means that God's in a relationship with us. It means that his eyes are on your life. It means that he's looking out for you. It means that he's watching for you. It means that he's aware of your struggles. He sees. And I believe this is for someone tonight, but he sees you. You know, he sees you. He's aware. Maybe you walked in here tonight and you feel like you're just not seen. The people don't see me. Like I feel like I'm not seen by anyone. Can I just encourage you? There's someone who sees you and it's God. Someone who sees your struggle. Someone who sees your past. Someone who sees what you're going through. You're not alone. 
It might feel like you've got no one around you in the natural, but can I just encourage you when your life's dedicated to God, God sees your life and he sees you. He sees your heart. He sees where you're at and he wants to be right by your side. He says, my eyes and my heart will be there for my people in my house. In my house, dedicated to him. Oh, it's so powerful. It's so wonderful to think that as we move into a new season in church life that yeah, the surrounds might change. Yeah, it might look a little bit different. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to having a permanent stage. Looking forward to... I do love to hear the kids when I preach. I do love to hear the kids when I preach. It's a little annoying, but I do love it. But it's not about the building. It's not about the building. Yeah, we need buildings, we need structure, we need to be able to house what God is doing, we need to be able to hold events, we need to be able to do all those things. They're just part of the process, but can I encourage you? It's about God dwelling in your heart. It's about God dwelling in your life. It's about your life being dedicated to Jesus and seeing the the outflow of that. It's not about the building, but it's about what God is building in you. So point number one, dedicated to God for Him to, to dwell. Point number two, dedicated lives for God to be able to bless. Point number three, a dedicated life for him to have personal relationship with you, for communion, for, for, for prayer, for, for communication between the heavenly father and, and his children. And point number four, a dedicated to God life is a life that's dedicated to be a witness to the world. You know, I go back to the temple and the building of the temple is the greatest witness to the world of how great God was back then. The splendor of the temple and the the majesty that it represented and even the materials that were put into it, the spirit of excellence, the way that that it would just be all, there there was so much splendor. But now for us, when God dwells in us and our lives are dedicated to Him, what is it ultimately? It's the biggest witness to the world. It's the biggest witness to the world around you. The temple that was on show, but today, so are you. The temple was on show so people could see God, and today, so are you. If you decide today that your life is dedicated to God, and every day from now on, can I just encourage you, your life is on show. And that's not to say so that there would be pressure, and undue pressure on your life. But God wants to, for you to be a witness to the world around you. God wants you to walk into spaces that are probably very dark. I remember one time a friend of mine said, man, it's just, I don't like going to work because it's just such a dark place. And I was like, really? What do you, what do you mean by that? He says, it's just a, such a dark place. There's just no Christians there. And I was like, bingo. God wants your life dedicated to Him to be a witness to the world, to be the conversation changer to be the person that brings God into the conversations, for for you to be the person that changes the trajectory of someone's life because you've had impact with them. Dedicated to be a witness to the world. Here's what I believe tonight, friend, and I believe this for your life and for my life and for our church. Is your life dedicated to God will speak so loud that no one or no thing can speak louder than your own testimony of your life being dedicated to Him. There is no voice that's louder in that conversation 
People might try to talk to you about what about this and what about that and that doesn't line up and there's, there's confusion around this issue and this historical fact. But can I just encourage you, friend, there's nothing more powerful than your own experience. There's nothing more powerful than your testimony. There's nothing more powerful than what God has done in your life. And it's the same with us. It's the same with my life as I'm dedicated to God. I'm a witness to the world. And I believe that witness, that that understanding that my life is dedicated to Him is going to speak loudly. Speak loudly. It's going to literally yell from the rooftops. It's going to literally yell from the corners of the streets. It's going to yell through the, the public schools. It's going to yell through the governments. It's going, to, it's going to go loudly beyond yourself. And that's what I'm believing over our church. I'm believing that over our church, that as we just begin, just continue to dedicate our lives to God. Can I just encourage you tomorrow morning when you wake up to do your quiet time, just say, God, I dedicate again to you. My life, my, my, my path, my endeavors, my things. Yeah, it might just seem like they're not that big of a deal. But there's so much that God can do with a life that's dedicated to Him. Dedicated to be a witness to the world. He loves you, friend. And I just wrote this down and I don't know who this is for, but I know it's for someone. He's ready whenever you are. He's ready whenever you are. And I don't know about you, but I'm just ready. I'm ready for whatever God wants to do next. I'm done doing services and processions and trying to make everything look a certain way. I just want to encounter God. I just want my life as I dedicate it to Him. The trust transfers to Him. The ownership transfers to Him. Think of it this way. The title of my life transfers to Him. All of a sudden, He's in control. All of a sudden, Jesus is at the center of my life. The Holy Spirit is speaking. And all of a sudden, my life can be used for His glory and not my own. And ultimately, be a witness that changes the world around me. You believe it tonight? Would you stand with me? Come on. I want to pray for some people. I really believe in my spirit that there's people here tonight that need to dedicate their lives to the Lord. Like you've been doing the thing, you've been walking the walk, you've even been showing up to certain things, but there's still a large part of you that's not dedicated to God. You're not sold out. If God says, hey, go here, you kind of think about it. You kind of stop yourself and you're worried about certain things. I believe tonight's the night where you leave this place just knowing I've dedicated everything. I'm done trying to do it my own way. I'm done trying to figure it out on my own. I want to dedicate every ounce of what I've got to God and I'm just going to let Him take care of the rest. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray for some people. So if everyone could bow their heads and close their eyes. I want to pray for some people who are saying tonight, yeah, that's me. That message is for me. I know it's for me. 
God's been speaking to me about this and this message just confirms it for me. I need to dedicate. I need to give it all to God tonight. I need to leave this place knowing that I've declared God is in control of it all. Not just some, not just part, not just when it's convenient, but all the time. A life that's dedicated, a life that's set apart, that's purposed, that's assigned, that's devoted. So if that's you tonight, just lift your hand. I want to pray for you. Just lift your hand. No one else is looking around. Awesome. Lord, I just thank you for every hand that's raised right now. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you're moving here tonight. And God, we just ask that you would Help us take whatever that next step is. Father, as we decide in our hearts tonight, I'm dedicating it all. I'm getting done with trying to do it my own way. I'm letting go of trying to trying to hold on to certain things. But Father, I, I just thank you, Lord, as we commit our lives to you, as we decide tonight, Lord, that, that you're in control, that you that you uh, you're over it all. You're in control of our lives, that there's no need for us to worry. There's no need for us to be uh, concern. There's no need for us to fear, Lord. Because as we dedicate our lives, you do so much more with it than we ever could. So God, I just thank you for these hands that are raised right now, Lord. I just thank you, Father, that you're going to do something. You're going to speak in these coming days, Lord, that there's going to be moments in the coming days, Father, in the weeks to come, in the seasons to come, Lord, as, as a result of tonight, as a result of this decision, Lord. I just thank you right now in Jesus' name, Father, as you just you just begin to move in people's hearts right now, Lord. I just thank you that in the coming days and the weeks that you're going to confirm this moment was real, this moment had happened, that there was something that shifted in a person's heart and caused them to be to- totally and wholly dedicated to you. We hope you got something out of that message. We would really love to connect with you. Why not join us at church on Sundays or connect with us at colonialchurch.life. We would also love it if you could hit the subscribe button, maybe leave a comment for us or a review to really help us move the ministry of Colonial forward. In Jesus' name, God bless you.